Warning, the following program contains subject matter not suitable for a younger audience. It contains offensive language and opinions. Stop it! You're acting like a child! Greetings, ghouls. It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. Alright. No normal mind can imagine. Okay, so, to bring it to a weird tangent within a tangent. It's skewed into this tangent. And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. We are Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. <laughs> Welcome to Fans of the Dead. I'm Mike. I'm Jeremy. How you doing, bro? Doing okay. Just got finished cleaning off my driveway because it's fucking snowing out. Why would you clean off your driveway at 8.30 when it's not supposed to stop snowing till at least midnight? Actually, at this point, it's only raining here. Oh, for real? It already stopped? I had like three inches of slush in my driveway. For real? Yeah, That's you, it. you lucky, man. I've got like four or five inches out there. Yeah, we, it's mostly rain. I mean, it sucked. My snowblower was not happy. Oh, yeah, it's like all chugging, trying to lift all that crap up. <clears throat> Fucking hate you, piece of shit, asshole. But if you were shoveling and pushing all that snow, you would be going, I'm an asshole. It's <laughs> 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 so true. Uh, so, hey, what's that uh, funky can you got over there? What are you drinking? So this is called Polka Geist. As in, like, wish th- do the polka? I, yeah, kind of. You know, it, it's, it's funny because my grandfather passed away around this time of year. Well, actually, right before Halloween. So this, this time of year is always kind of a little difficult. And I was thinking of him, and I'm walking down the the, uh, the aisle, and I happen to see this. and Because my grandfather used to play the accordion and listen to polkas and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a polka beer. Nice. So, we'll see. Hold on, let me crack my backup beer. I got a Bud Light going. But my That's drink actually- of choice is Hood brand golden eggnog. Now, I always go with Hood, and I'll never get any other eggnog because my grandfather used to work for Hood. And if you got anything else, he'd be like, you prick. <laughs> so, just a pinch of nutmeg, a nip of... Jim Beam Black Bourbon. I swear by Jim Beam Black. Those are like the best nips on the market. And then just stir it up with a little cinnamon stick. And it tastes like Christmas. All I will say, this is delicious. Good. I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm finding all these like horror themed like beers. Like, where the hell was this like shit two months ago? We were stuck with that pumpkin vomit. Oh yeah, dude. That, that shit tastes like eating out a jack-o'-lantern's asshole. Oh, it was God. gross. Yeah, that's why I try not to... I mean, I like to try new things, but sometimes you go up and those craft beers, not only are they expensive, and like, look at that, you only got a four-pack, a fucking four-pack, and that's hit or miss. You're either like, oh, this is pretty good, or, oh my God, I have to drink these? Yeah, no, this is... It, it's it's pretty light. It doesn't feel very heavy or anything like that. It's from... Uh, it's Hell's Lager. Nice. Kings County Brewers Collective. Word. All right, so let's get into this episode before we talk these people to death about what we're drinking and they're not. Christmas countdown. Yeah, you know, when we were deciding to do this, I was just like, you know what? I'm like, am I going to find that many like Christmas movies that I'm going to like? There's a lot of Christmas movies. There are so many Christmas movies. I couldn't even get to a lot of the Christmas movies I wanted to watch for this list. But I ended up with more than enough because i had to cut some um anthony from heavy metal over six pack suggested santa jaws <laughs> and it's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like i mean i didn't watch the movie I, I just watched the trailer but i was like holy fuck like he's got like the he's like a narwhal shark he's got a big giant candy cane horn type of thing uh, i'm pretty sure i saw this on the sci-fi channel maybe at some point probably and it was just so bad. 
I mean, it was awesomely bad, but it was just so bad. However, it's not on my list. It's not that awesome. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were there were a couple on my list that were bad, but like entertainingly bad. Yeah, definitely. So let's just jump into it, dude. What you got? Top ten. All right, my number ten. I saw that a lot of people had raved about this, and I'm not entirely into musicals, but I gave it a shot, and I loved it. Anna and the Apocalypse. Oh my god, that was one of the movies I wanted to get to, but did not have a chance, and I saw the preview, and I was like, okay, it's between this and another movie that is in my top five, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, it's it's super fun. You have Anna Shepard. She's about to finish school in this uh, little town in Scotland, and College? she wants to travel high school. And she wants to travel before she goes to university. Her mother has passed and her father doesn't really want her to go. Uh, her best friend is in love with her. And Nick, her one night stand, is making things a little bit difficult for her. Also, she works at a bowling alley, which is awesome. <laughs> which automatically puts this on my list. Her and her best friend, they work at a bowling alley. And while they're at work, a zombie infection begins to spread. It's always going to happen when you're at at work you're stuck there and you're like god damn it yeah and they're i mean they're just oblivious to all of this so when they wake up in the morning and this is where they start in with like the songs and they're catchy they're catchy songs like the first one is uh turning my life around where that she walks out the front door and she's singing on her way to school and there's just devastation and zombie things and everything happening around her and she sees none of it Like, there's there's cars crashing into each other. There's zombies falling off of roofs. It, it, it's it's so fun. So Anna's friends, Lisa, Tony, Savage, and Chris, like, they each have their own individual problems, which I kind of like, because they get you, like, involved with the characters. They make you care about the characters and not want them to die. And the basic thing is, it's very Shaun of the Dead-ish, where they end up at the bowling alley trying to get to the school where there's going to be an army, like, escape like rescue thing going on okay you know so they're so they're gonna you know head to the school once the army evacuation is like everything's like safe while fighting zombie elves and santas and christmas shoppers it's just fun it's so it's so fun nice uh that came out the last couple years uh 2017 my only problem was there weren't as many like christmas themed kills as i would have liked which is why i basically put at the bottom of the list there's a couple (laughs) christmas themed kills all right i mean you have a candy cane you know that gets shoved in places that oh my but yeah no it's definitely fun and i suggest seeing it word i'll definitely check it out this season my number 10 all the creatures were stirring 2018 i saw that was that on shutter Yes, it's uh, on yeah, Shutter right now. That's that's one I didn't get a chance to look at. No, Wicked Fun Anthology. It's got takes on last minute shopping, Christmas spirit, office parties. Uh, it's it's really funny, and the stories go by really quickly. A couple of them you kind of like. Oh, I, I would have liked to flesh that one out a little more. But it's written and directed by husband and wife David Ian and Rebecca McKendry. It's got. Amanda Fuller from Last Man Standing. She plays Tim Allen's oldest daughter, Kristen. You've you know seen her pop up in a couple horror movies yeah. as of late. I don't know, man. It was it was a good fucking time. I have not seen. I, I wanted to see it. I just I ran out of time. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much time. But what is awesome? It's not Christmas yet, so you still get time. This is true. This is true. All right, my number nine, Christmas Evil. Oh, went with an oldie. Oldie but goodie. 1980. So in 1947, a young Harry Standling sees Santa groping his mom and basically runs up and cuts his hand because with a shard of glass because he's so upset. As you would be if you saw Santa getting handsy. This is true. Santa Claus, not Santa Paws, bro. <laughs> yeah. uh, Santa Paws, Airbud. What? Never mind. So 30 years later. He's working at the the Jolly Dreams Toy Factory. So he has this like low level job, and his colleagues and everybody just treats him like shit and uh, just make fun of him. They call him like they basically consider him a schmuck. Okay. And he gains this obsession with Santa and is determined to be the next true 
Santa. So he can grope milfs? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. And he has two books. He has the naughty list, and he has the, the nice list. And, and he goes around and he spies on, like, the neighbors and their kids and see what, sees what they're doing. Like, he asked one kid what he wanted for Christmas, and it was just, I wish I had a, you know, a yearly subscription to Penthouse. He's like, well, you're going on the naughty list. <laughs> Can I just say, the naughty list is, like, the perfect title for a horror Christmas movie. It absolutely is. So yeah, he so he keeps track of who's good, who's not, and after his boss lies to him about needing his shift filled because he wants to spend time with his family, yet he runs into him at a party. You know, he kind of kind of puts him over the edge and uh, decides to go on a on a bit of a rampage. He decorates his uh, his sleigh, which is basically just a basically just like a rape van that he painted on the side, make it look like a sleigh. Oh god! Yeah, there's some some pretty good pretty good kills in it. He uses like a toy soldier with like a sword, a Christmas star, some fun stuff. Nice. He just wanted to be Santa. <laughs> As we all do. Jolly and, uh, yeah, just jolly. You only have to work yeah. one day a week. It's a pretty, pretty nice gig. Although I've heard terrifying theories of how long that that night would last because of the way that you would have to warp time. And it's almost like an eternity every Christmas. So maybe maybe being sin is not a great gig. Anyway, John Waters called that movie the greatest Christmas movie ever made. I read that. Yeah, so that's on my list to see. I did not get to it, unfortunately. It's good. I feel like Joe Bob's going to be playing it uh, during the special Joe Bob Saves Christmas this year. Oh, that's, that's totally a Joe Bob type movie. Yeah. Number nine from 2015, Krampus. Ha <laughs> ha. Director Michael Doherty, you know him from Trick or Treat. He's actually got, it looks like Trick or Treat 2 on the docket, as well as a Hellraiser series. Nice. Yeah, star-studded. We got Tony Collette, Adam Scott, David Kochner. This movie is fun as fuck. And I went back and forth on whether I should include it, because it is a little cheesy, but it's one of those movies that's cheesy, but they, you know, they lean into it. It's, it's great. And the ending just sealed the deal for me. So this kid's trapped with his family at Christmas. There's a big blizzard going on. And he accidentally summons an ancient evil, Krampus. And of course, everyone has been naughty. So Krampus has a lot of stuff to fucking do. The best part of the movie that really, you know, related to me was when the kid's iPad was at 1% and then died. (laughs) Because, God, every parent knows that fear. Can I also say that one of the biggest highlights of this movie was Conchata Farrell? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, and, many and people know her from uh, Two and a Half Men. Two and a Half Men, yes, thank you. But I just love that whole that whole bit when the grandmother goes through you know, her spiel, and she's like, so basically she's saying we're fucked. And the grandmother's just like, eh. She's not. I, I'm old enough to realize when the world's coming at me with its pants down. I, I literally, I just, I actually just watched that movie today again. I had seen it, but I just wanted to watch it again. But like you said, star studded, usually like Adam Scott's a little more over the top, like with his like comedy, but he was toned down, but David Koechner kind of made up for that. <laughs> yeah, he did. Who well, he always does that, but like in a great way, they both can play goofy comedy but then bring it really serious, really yes. quick when it needs to be. So it was fun, it was light, and then it wasn't light. It got pretty fucking dark. But that, that's I was, what I, I was, like in a movie. I'm, well, when I first saw it, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, all right, this is pretty like comedy, comedy, comedy. I'm like, when's it gonna get dark? <laughs> and it goes there. It does. All right. All right. So my number eight, Silent Night. Ooh, good one. I I did not go Silent Night, Deadly Night. I decided to go with the 2012 movie, which I wouldn't really call it a remake. I mean, it's loosely based, but nothing too, too late close. So we have a mysterious man in a Santa suit wearing a plastic mask. Captures a local cop, murders him. Now, he was sleeping with a married woman. So this guy basically goes around and takes out the people that aren't don't have the best of morals right so we have sheriff cooper who's malcolm mcdowell uh, brings in she's this new officer who's called in on her day off because the other officer 
didn't show up for work for obvious reasons and she just doesn't really feel like she's that good cop and she's still reeling from the like her husband's death and just wants to live up to her father's reputation as as a good cop so all the while this santa's going on a mass killing spree of all the naughty people and of course they go around checking all the santas where we see donal don't donal logue is that how you say his name no idea the guy from gotham he was, the, he was the drunken Santa. They actually ended up putting him in jail, I believe. Um, he was one of the suspects. There was a couple other ones. Uh, some great kills. In this one, like, I believe there was an axe to the balls somewhere. Ouch. Uh, there was, you know, some wood chippers involved. Nice. It definitely, it, it, it keeps you on your toes as to who you're trying to figure out who the actual killer is. Because I tell you, I changed my mind about three or four times. Yeah, see, I really like that. I'm more apt to enjoy a movie where you don't know the killer is as opposed to when you know who the killer is the whole time. Right. Yeah. No, that, that this one, this one definitely kept me guessing. So speaking of movies where you know who the killer is the whole goddamn time, 1997's Jack Frost, not to be <laughs> mistaken with 1998's Jack Frost. I'm sure many a parent made that mistake and quickly had to explain to their kids what snowballs are i thought michael keaton was in this movie (laughs) well it ain't fucking frosty (laughs) all right so uh as of actors the most notable name shannon elizabeth she actually went by a different yeah name in this um i will never ever forget the carrot scene in this movie so I must have been 16 when this movie came out. I don't know if it went directly to VHS or quickly to VHS, but it ended up on the shelf at Blockbuster. And me and my friend had to see this movie. And when we were watching it, I was watch- I actually re-watched this the other night with Jenna, and she said that I am a twisted fuck because of I told her how like much I was rolling. I was just like dying laughing, like so hard, you know that laugh when it's hard to breathe. You have to catch your breath because it's so funny. But the scene was so absurd and so funny. And, I mean, it's littered with dad jokes. The killer, Jack Frost, he's a serial killer that accidentally gets arrested by this goofy small town sheriff. And he's supposed to be killed. And he ends up mixing with this weird scientific acid that melds his body into snow. So now he's a snowman. And what's the difference between a snowman and a snowwoman? No balls. Snowballs. 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 Yeah, so it's a really fun movie. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's still entertaining. And I believe the moral of this story is don't ever let your kid make you breakfast. No. no. That looked horrid. And it had antifreeze in it. <laughs> like, what kid would think that was a good ingredient? One Dad, other... I screwed up. I, I put any I put antifreeze in your in your what what was it? Oats? Some kind of weird oat mash. But uh, besides like the over the top cheesiness, the only problem I had with this movie was the girl blows her hair and then decides to take a bath. So I'm Susan's asleep and I'm I'm watching this I had seen it, but again, you know, I wanted to watch it again. And I'm laying there in bed, and I'm lit. I'm like, my arms are like, like, what are you doing? I'm like, you blow your hair dry, and then you're gonna go take a shower or bath, whatever it was. She totally. All right, you know what? I don't even want to get into it because it's such an awesome scene. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. My number seven, Rare Exports. Oh, good one. T- 2010. Now this is one that I had I watched for the first time, and I wasn't quite aware that was a Finnish movie. But it was finished, right? It was finished. Okay. But it was in it was in Finnish. Okay. And it was great. I loved it. It's a very different take on Santa. You have this this reached her research team from this company is called Sub Zero and they're drilling into Corvatunturi. Okay. I think I'm guessing that's what it's called. Also known as Ear Fell. Fell is like a, a Norse word for like mountain. And they believe that in this mountain is an ancient burial ground, home to the, I'm just going to call it the Yule Goat, because I can't pronounce that word. Okay. Wow. Something that Jeremy can't pronounce. Dude, it's finished. Their language is... 
I'm going to call it difficult. Okay. I'm not going. I'm not going to say anything negative in case we have people listening in Finland. Well, if but we your do, shit's hard to say. Could you, hey, you know, tell us how to say that shit? Thank okay. you. It, it. I'm going to guess it's like you, you pookie, you pookie, <laughs> you pookie. <laughs> Sorry. So anyway, so we're going to call it the Yule Goat. It basically helped shape the modern day versions of Santa. And we have two local boys, Yuso and Pietari, who are eavesdropping on the conversation with these with the research team and now worried because they call him Peter Peter for short. He still believes in the whole Santa thing and his friend tells him that he's stupid. And he reads up on Santa lore, and it basically suggests that Santa was a horned beast that would whip bad children and boil them in water. That's what Santa did. That's according to the to the historical books that he read. Holy shit, man! He's like reading them backwards. I'd hate to see what that <laughs> Krampus does. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, he tries to explain to his father, who is a reindeer slaughterer. A reindeer slaughterer. Yeah, it's like he has like this butcher shop. I'm I'm guessing he sells he has to like sell the meat. Yeah, that's how I that's how they get their their money or whatever. Of course, he thinks he's crazy until the children start disappearing and you know it, it's kind of it, it's a little slow to start with, but it's definitely entertaining and it's subtitled. I know a lot of people aren't huge fans of that. Also, there's a lot of uh elf dingles in this. Wow, dropping that elf cocks. There was a lot. That's I wasn't strange. ready for that. But it was fun. It is. It's. It's. Um. It, it's a cool, different take. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Cool. All right. So going back to 2015, here's another anthology, a Christmas horror story. Should have brought more beer. So, or the story takes place, or the the wraparound story takes place in Bailey Downs, where two kids died last year. Horrible tragedy, and it's actually told to us by DJ Dangerous Dan, played by William Shatner. And he hams it up in this movie. It oh my is God. Awesome. It's awesome. It's perfect. You got murder story, a changeling. You got more Krampus, Santa versus zombie elves. This movie is a fun fucking ride that shows you why you should never cut your own tree or go break in and enter it or travel to visit relatives or get drunk at the mall. Yeah, definitely that last one. <laughs> Holy fuck. Great movie. And I did not, I, I have to say, I did not see that coming. I'm like, okay, they're following, you know, like these three different stories or whatever. And then like the whole like ending happened and I just, and I'm like, that is fucking awesome. I'm like, that is fucking great. Yeah, that was a That's, really cool story. I, I really don't want to say too much because no. it's relatively new and the stories are clever and fun, morbid as fuck. Um, but yeah, everyone does a great, great job in that movie. Yeah, no, it was definitely fun. All right, so my number six. We're going to go back to 1997. We're going to go back to this town of Snowminton. Oh, shit. Drink Jack Frost. eggnog, folks. As Mike already covered, we have Jack Frost, who was a serial killer, who was slated to be executed for, I think it was like 38 murders across 11 states or whatever the hell it was. And he murders the truck driver in which he was being transported, crashes into this genetics truck, and causes his body to fuse... With the snow on the ground. So, I mean, they all assume that he's killed in this in this accident when he actually just transformed into a say, sarcastic killer snowman. Yeah. I love how absurd the kills are. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, dude got, like, like a, a sled just, like, went over a dude's head and that cut his head off. That was awesome. It was hilarious. See, that's what this movie is gruesome enough to be awesome, but funny enough to be awesome. But there was there was what was it? There was like an axe handle like through the mouth, I believe was one of them. Oh, I did not see that coming. I was like, oh, this <laughs> no. person's gonna get axed or what? And then the and of course like the Christmas lights. That uh, that was the best kill. Around. I think yeah. that was awesome. Awesome, just just so fun, as you said, just. One of those roll, like, out-of-your-seat laughter absurdity. Shannon Elizabeth's first role before her uh, pre-boob job. Before pre. Okay. Uh, yeah, like, awesome movie. 
obviously don't go into it expecting to see any Oscar winning performances or anything like (laughs) that. But if you go into it expecting it to be goofy, but a great time, I think you'll have fun with it. It's really And again, Michael Keaton is not in this movie. No, this is the non-Michael Keaton version. Yes. My number six. I went a little rogue here. This isn't a movie. I went with an episode of one of my favorite TV shows of all time and all through the house. It's probably the first episode I ever saw of one of my favorite TV shows. And when I saw it, I was shook. I don't know what age I was, but it was I was pretty young. I believe it was on HBO. This is episode two, Tales from the Crypt, 1989. The screenplay, it was obviously it was written in the comics, but it was rewritten for the screenplay by Fred Decker, you know, the Monster Squad guy, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Like, that's, look at those heavy hitters right there. You got Mary Ellen Trainer. she's the mom in this, and she was also the mom in Monster Squad and Goonies. So she kills her husband, and Larry Drake, who just escaped from a mental institution, dresses as Santa, and as you could expect, mayhem ensues great time it's only 22 minutes but they're an awesome 22 minutes and you get the crypt keeper you know it was funny we went to one of those conventions that was actually in the in marlboro the the, the city i'm in and the, there's some announcement had to be made it was like this random announcement but they actually got the, the crypt keeper guy was there john casser yeah so he got him to make the announcement for him and it was just like they were just looking for somebody it was just like you know could could so-and-so please come to the blah 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 it was hilarious that is so cool okay then yep number five we're gonna go back to 2015 again and we're gonna go krampus oh yeah i guess we have to again drink. we have we have the engel family they're you know an affluent yet kind of dysfunctional family who's inviting their kind of i would call them blue collar like the his was it Adam Scott's brother? I, I forget his name in the movie. But you have you have Uncle Howard, Linda, Stevie, Jordan, Baby Chrissy. They all come over, and Max, who still believes in Santa, just he wants to send Santa a letter. Just he wants his family normal. That's all he wants. Dude, he wants Christmas to be normal. That letter was actually very heartfelt, and it really was. The older cousins make fun of him, and then his aunt was like, "Why are you gonna talk shit for him?" He should get a reward for talking the truth. Yeah. And, you know, he gets all upset. And, you know, his dad's like, you know, that's, you know, it's family. We still have to, you know, love family, even though they may suck. Yeah. You got to put up with them. It's part of life. And he rips up the letter, throws it out the window, which apparently unleashes the Krampus. Whatever death demons that he sends among the family. Tell me you didn't rip up your heartfelt letter to Santa and throw it out the window into the wind. You literally threw caution to the wind when you did that. Because now Santa can't get it. He can only get unripped letters. Do you know where the ripped letters go? The underworld. Not just the trash or the ground. <laughs> it's the underworld. It all, it's always Hades. You go right there. It, it, it doesn't end up in a bush somewhere. And just so you know, uh, fun fact... The U.S. Postal Service, if you don't have a return address on your letter, yeah, it actually goes right to Krampus. Shit. Well, I'm sorry for whatever's going to happen in the next couple days. Oh, boy. Watch out for the news in Marlboro, Massachusetts. Here it comes. Number five, better watch out. 2016, this is a first watch for me. I was kind of expecting it to be one of those, the calls are coming from inside the house, you know. But I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't that typical uh, trope uh, it is a babysitter home invasion movie of sorts but it's uh it's an interesting take you get really funny characters you have an asshole named jeremy which was just that's just always funny <laughs> to me and actually played Wait, by you, the dude from uh, stranger things D- dacker montgomery yeah uh yeah. you get virginia madsen candy mom tells her son don't stay up watching scary movies Joe from Family Guy. Yes, as the dad. Really cool story. It's not what I was expecting, but it was awesome. Yeah, I agree. That that was definitely a, a little bit of a twist that I wasn't expecting it to go. Same. 
Same, same. Ah, uh, but funny how these two nerds, it's like this kid and his best friend. So the best friend kind of, you know, sneaks in because he's got the hot babysitter that they both have wicked crushes on. And they end up like getting drunk on a bottle of champagne. So you know who that kid kind of reminded me of? All you needed to do was just add like this 80s freaking punk leather jacket. No no idea? No. He, he kind of reminded me of, of of the friend from the gate. Ah, okay. Yeah, I could see that. You know, just the, like the, the long red hair and the glasses and stuff. Either way. All right. Okay, pigeonholing redheads with glasses. <laughs> All right, so my number four. We're going to stay in 2015 again, and we're going to go back to a Christmas horror story. Nice. I had a feeling uh, there was going to be a lot of drinking in this episode. Yeah, because, I mean, there are a lot of Christmas movies, but some are just so fucking awesome that you have to talk about them. <laughs> so it kind of opens up with this battered Santa like he had just been through a war, and you have something like knocking on the door. And he goes, you know, he goes to open it and then he goes into this, this whole story. Like, like you said, you have three different stories. You have kids going in to like this private school where they're going to try and film a documentary where these kids were murdered. And you have like the rich family that seem to hate each other. Who The dad like wants to go visit his aunt. I don't know. He's asking for money. I think it was at, for whatever like business like endeavor that he's doing. And then you have the cop, who is part of finding those kids at the school, trespasses to cut down his own Christmas tree. Naughty. A lot of naughty. He never got, you know, he never got counseling, so he's he's pretty, like, fucked up. Now, as you said before, we have William Shatner, who is the DJ, kind of tying this whole movie together. And we just want to know where Storm and Norman went. I love that. That was I literally just had that as a note. Stormin Norman. That's all. <laughs> what a cool name for a radio personality. Wasn't he like the weather guy? Probably Stormin Norman. And we're gonna bring it out to the field to Stormin Norman. How's it looking out there? It's fucking shitty out here. Why do you leave me out in the fucking wilderness, you pricks? It's gonna rain. Thanks, Holly. And each story kind of takes its turn for the worst, where you know the kids get locked into a room at the school. The cop, like the cop's kid, gets kind of possessed by something. And yeah, and then there's the whole thing that happens at that the aunt's like mansion. Which, yeah, that's a uh, thing. Yeah, that's a thing. And on top of that, we have infected zombie elves. Yeah, that battle was so much fun. It really was. It was awesome. It was great movie. Awesome kind of turn at the end. And is just so much fun. I was really glad. You know, I almost skipped this one and I'm because I'm like, eh, you know what? I'm like, I'm like, this could be like a little on the, the cheesy side, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to watch it anyway. So glad I did. So fun. Definitely. All right. My number four. Now, we're probably going to get a little bit of flack for this because... For some reason, a lot of people hate this movie. And I I kind of understand why. I mean, I get the initial dislike for it. But it's a great movie, and I think everyone should give it a chance. Black Christmas. I agree. I so very much the, agree. When the movie first came out, it got some hate uh, because of what it was. The trailer that they dropped was full of spoilers, so a lot of people got mad about that. Oh, did I mention this is the 2019 remake of Black Christmas? And that's why people don't want to watch it. Okay. Now, let's say it's not a remake. I don't actually see it as a remake. I watched it expecting a remake. But honestly, the only things that are similar between the two stories are that it's Christmas. It's about a sorority. There's even a girl named Jess, Jesse. But other than that, they could have called it something else. I wish they called it something else because they probably uh, wouldn't get so much hate. So you get Sophia Takal. She was the director on this. She actually wrote it with April Wolf. She was approached by Bloomhouse to do a remake of this movie. And she 
jumped at the idea because she thought the original Black Christmas was misogynistic and she wanted to do a take on that and kind of made a movie, a very feminist movie about toxic masculinity. And this movie is so much fucking fun. And the soundtrack is awesome. So I haven't seen the remake yet. Well, there's a couple, isn't there? Uh, there was another one. Like 2006-ish? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Where that was more of a an actual remake. Where, like I said, like this one could have been called something else. They should have called it Up in the Frat House. They actually did a really cool song. There's a uh, like a talent show at the fraternity and the sorority girls to Up in the Frat House. Ho, 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 <laughs> I didn't know. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, it's, it's a really fun fucking movie. You get Carrie... Ools? Sure. Is that how you say his name? I fucking feel so bad because I always just butcher that guy's name. And he's so awesome. And he plays a creepy Professor Gelson in this. And this is another movie where I have to call it out. I don't know if maybe the reasoning for this is that it's around Christmas time and maybe most of the sorority is at home. But this happens to be a six-stocking sorority. There were only six stockings hanging up. And we've seen a lot of horror movies involving sororities. And we're like, where the fuck is the rest of the sorority? <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I'll have to check that one out. Definitely check it out. I mean, it's rated PG-13. Even Jenna was like, oh, this is going to be lame. But we watched it. We gave it a shot. And hilariously, it got rated on IMDb. And I had to make a note of it because it was just so funny. This guy, Webster Loves Films, oh, it looks like almost as soon as the movie came out, he gave it two stars. Get revenge. If you know someone in your life who you hate, then buy them a ticket to see this. Then sit back and laugh, like Mr. Burns, knowing they are watching this awful movie. Now, that's a rough review. But why would you give it two stars? <laughs> I don't get that, people. Like, people give, like, a crazy amount of, like, not the two crazy amount, but, like, if you hate this movie so much that you want to, like, make your enemy sit through it, why wouldn't you just give the least amount of stars that you could possibly give? And then even make the point, because everyone does, I'm only giving this one star because I couldn't give it zero stars. Fun movie. All right. So, my number three, we're going to go back to Babysitting Land, where we go with Better Watch Out. Oh my god, so much drinking in this episode. I was so happy with this movie. It's the same thing, basically, like what you said. I was like, oh, great, like, this is another... Even, like, I, I know people said this movie is awesome. And I read the synopsis, oh, you know, Intruder Breaks Into the House. And I'm like, eh, you know, I've seen so many of those. And then the twist, I did not see that coming. And it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, this was a, a really fun movie. It took me by surprise. Every Christmas... You know, I guess since 2016, I've seen it on Shutter in various places. And I'm like, oh, Christmas horror. I should check it out. Uh, I don't know. It looks like one of those. The calls are coming from inside the house, so I didn't check it out. Originally, it was going to be called Safe Neighborhood. Yeah. I think they went with a, a good bet and uh, went better watch out. Yeah. So you have Ashley. She's 17. She's babysitting for Luke, who tells his best friend Garrett that he's planning on making his move on her. Because he's obviously got the hots for it, but he's only 12. Gotta shoot your shot. <clears throat> you gotta try. So you have Luke's parents. We've mentioned Virginia Madsen, Patrick Warburton, the metarosexual. That's not a metero. word. Metero? Oh, what did he say? Metero? <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's not even a word. Uh, so they head out for the night, and while they're watching a scary movie, some mysterious pizza shows up, a brick is thrown through the window that says, if you leave, you'll die. Yeah, and it just... It's fun. You got to stick with it. And there's a home aloneing in it. There is a home aloneing in it. I was actually watching Home Alone uh, a couple weeks ago with my kids. And I actually got scared at one point. I'm like, you know, one of these days I'm going to come home from work and I'm going to get home alone. <laughs> there are going to be all these like booby traps everywhere. And they're like, haha, it's funny. We saw it in a movie. And I'm going to get like smashed with like a bag of tools. You know, that's funny. Like, I was I was going to go into my number 10, and I completely forgot. Like, I've been thinking about it, like, all day. I'm like, oh, so I'm going to go into, like, number 10. And I'm going to say, like, Home Alone 2. 
Just because I'm like, I'm sorry, that's horrifying. Getting lost in New York without your family and then that bird lady who was, I'm sorry, she was freaking scary. She was definitely scarier than the trash can killer guy or the shovel killer or whatever. And then that beautiful <laughs> shot of the Twin Towers where Kevin's all alone at the observatory at the top. Kevin, you spent $967 on room service. And then you get, uh, actually, the version we watched, Donald Trump was cut from really? the movie. Yeah. No I, I was like, I told the kids, I was like, ah, yeah, Donald Trump's even in this movie. Because I guess he had a contract where if anyone uses Trump Towers or any of his buildings, he has to have a cameo in the movie. Because, of course, he has that. But, yeah, they cut his scene. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They're just like, fuck you. Bold, bold, bold. bold. No kidding. But, yeah, no, is I love, I love this movie. So fun. Not a, I mean, there's, there's a few kills in it, but there's, it's, it's, it's good. A lot of tension. Yes, a lot of tension. All right. So, my top three are just completely mixed up because I changed them last minute. So my number three, Silent Night, Deadly Night, from 1984. Now this is a classic. It is such a good fucking movie so we have little billy who looks like this kid i grew up with on uh on my street but he sees his parents killed by santa right after his grandfather was telling him that santa kills those who are naughty so little billy and his brother get shuffled off to an orphanage and on his 18th birthday billy gets to leave and live on his own and you know he uh he starts having a really good life this movie has Linnea Quigley and probably one of the most iconic Christmas scenes of all time. Actually, Darcy recreated that scene with Joe Bob in last year's Red Christmas. Holy fuck, this is a fun movie. Yeah, I agree. I went back and forth as to whether or not I was going to go with that or if I was going to go with the 2012 movie. But I decided to go with the 2012 movie just basically to be different. I liked yeah. both. I liked both, but I, I wanted to kind of like change it up, and both are just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, look, punishment is necessary. Punishment is good. Uh, there's a so, like I said, you know, Billy gets out of the orphanage, and you know he's trying to show that he's an upstanding citizen. There's even a hilarious sitcom type montage. You know, like I'm a good employee, showing how like awesome Billy is now, and then he gets forced. To play Santa Claus in the store he's working at, and they actually use the word triggered appropriately because he's donning the Santa suit. He's feeling really nervous about that, anxious, and uh, yeah, he pictures what happened to his naughty parents, and well, the rest is history. I agree. Remember, Santa's always watching. It's true. He is. All right, so my number two, we're going to go... To the Pi Kappa Sigma sorority, we're going to go Black Christmas 1974. Holy crap. I figured if I'm going to watch these movies, I got to start with the original. Hell yeah. And I'm glad I did because it's awesome. So we have the Pi Kappa Sigma sorority is having their Christmas party. I don't remember if it was Christmas Eve or not, but you know they get a string of obscene phone calls from the moaner <laughs> which so, i mean dude some of those phone calls were pretty fucked up dude they got twisted that first one he's like I, the way they taunt him too like they're passing the yeah. phone around and you know she's like why don't you stick your tongue in a socket see if that'll give you a charge and like dude that first phone call at the beginning it sounded like he was jerking off with broken glass <laughs> It really Because he's like, ah, ah, and then it sounded like the most painful orgasm I've ever heard. And he's like, sounds like a demon possessed. And then he's all like, calm, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, so we follow, it's it's Jess, Barbara, who is perpetually drunk, uh, Claire, Phil, and Mrs. Mac, the boozing house mother, who is just amazing. Give it up for Mrs. Mack. She is awesome. So we kind of see at the beginning, the suspect kind of makes his way up the side of the house, you know, calling up 
crawl, whatever, like that thing. I don't know. It's like lattice or something. Yeah, the latticing. Yeah. And this is stalking the residents. And after one of them goes missing, the girl's father goes to the police department. And this is, we see a young John Saxon as the police lieutenant. Like I've said before in an earlier episode, this guy gets the worst beats. Like he works for the worst <laughs> departments where they happen to have like the craziest serial killers. Oh, the poor guy. But it's just it's just a fun movie. There's the first part of the movie is actually pretty funny because you have like one of their one of their friends who was like dressed up as Santa, and he's just not into it, and he's just sitting there. He's like, ho ho ho. Meanwhile, they're feeding booze to kids. Oh, yeah, that was Margot Kidder feeding that. Yeah, and we have new phone number exchanges where... (laughs) What is she... Oh, our phone number is fellatio. (laughs) I can't believe that that's... Like, I mean, this is 1974, so I, you know... But the guy is just like, okay, (laughs) can you you spell that out for me? and she's all like mouthing the words like really like sultry and he's like writing it down like that could be a phone number and then they get they, they call him out on it later in the movie yo what are you a dipshit you've never heard of fellatio oh it's a, it's, it's a new phone number exchange fe <laughs> they're just laughing at him but yeah no great great movies some some cool cool kills especially uh involving a hook yeah, and I mean, if you're familiar with Black Christmas at all, I'm sure you've seen the poster. So there's that kill. Yep. With the Definitely. plastic bag. Holy fuck. Also, did you know that this was Elvis's favorite horror movie? I did not know Elvis had a favorite horror movie. This was his favorite horror movie. He made this into a tradition every year where he would watch this with his family. Unfortunately, it only lasted like three years. I was about to say, how could that be a tradition if he but his, died? But, but apparently, I guess his family keeps it going. Okay, that's cool. He died in 77, so yeah, it would have it was, it, only but, been three years. Right. But I thought that was pretty cool. And the director, Bob Clark, actually had a lot more graphic murders like planned, but decided it would probably be more effective to kind of tone it down a little bit. Yeah, especially for 1974. Right. It would have got hit with a hard X. I mean, that was a big, big year for, for horror. Like, I mean, we've we've mentioned before, actually, I was listening today to our Final Girls episode where you mentioned Jess from Black Christmas and Sally Hardesty. You know, they both came out in 1974. So that was They both pretty... came out on the same exact day. Yeah. So, yeah. Good fucking movie. All right. So my number two. Gremlins from 1984. <laughs> The movie, probably the reason for PG-13, because when this movie came out, it was PG, and a lot of people went into it expecting some kind of cutesy E.T. type of shit, and by golly, they were wrong. (laughs) And their children were probably traumatized. So you get the writer, Chris Columbus. You may know him from a shit ton of movies, such as uh, Home Alone we just talked about. The director, Joe Dante. I mean, don't bring your kids to see a Joe Dante movie. No. Would you bring your kids to see Piranha? No. Not at all. Another movie with a lot of fucking people. You get Judge Reinhold, Zach Galligan, a young Corey Feldman, Dick motherfucking Miller, and, uh, of course, can't forget Phoebe Cates. Even Howie Mandel is in this movie. Yeah. He plays the voice of Gizmo. Yeah. Great movie. No, this is a fantastic movie, and we might as well segue into my number one. Oh, I'm not done yet, man. Well, it looked so, like you were, because you were all showing me your shirt and like your mic. Because I'm wearing, I'm wearing an ugly sweater version of Gremlins, and it's awesome, man. Like, so Kingston Falls, one of the most Christmassy small towns there is. It opens with Darlene Loves Christmas, Baby, Please Come Home. And now, to this day, anytime I hear that song, I think of this movie. You obviously got the Gremlin Rag, which is one of my favorite Christmas <laughs> songs to play every single year, even though people are like, why are you playing this song? Because it's Gremlins and it's Christmas. Uh, but when I saw this movie as a kid, I mean, obviously I enjoyed it a fuck ton. Great 
kills. I mean, for a PG movie, it's pretty fucking balls to the wall. And it's funny. It's fun. But that last line in the movie shook me. I had to pick my feet up and, like, tuck them up under the, like, under the covers on the couch. Because I was scared to put my feet on the ground. Because when they say, there just might be a gremlin in your house. I'm like, oh my god, no! <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Awesome, awesome movie. Anyway, so... Number one. We're going to go Gremlins. Because oh! how can you not? Gremlins is an awesome fucking movie. So in a search for a gift for his son, Billy, Randall Peltzer visits an antique shop in Chinatown where he finds something called a mogwai, which is Cantonese for devil. I don't know why you'd want to own a devil, but... He's so cute. He was, he was super cute. Billy. The owner doesn't want to sell it to him. But his grandson apparently didn't mind so much. Yeah, he didn't give a fuck. No, he didn't. So he sold it to him secretly, and the Mogwai comes with three rules. Sounds simple, right? Anyone can follow three rules. No, nobody can follow fucking three rules. That's why we like going into the second wave of this shit. All you do is wash your hands, wear a mask, and stay away from people. Jesus Christ. No, that's why we had another friggin' 5,000 cases today. Oh, fuck. So you can't expose it to light. Because it will die. Bright light. Don't get it wet. And do not feed it after midnight. So of course, as friends do, Billy's friend accidentally spills water on Gizmo and five more spawn from like his back. And they're a little more troublesome than Gizmo. Led by Stripe. He's a bit of a reptilian looking. Uh, but you can definitely tell he's the leader. They torture, they torture Gizmo. They try to kill Billy's mom. There's blender deaths and microwave explosions and... Yeah, I've said it before, but uh, Billy's mom is a fucking badass. Yes. And there's just an... After diving into a YMCA pool, there's just a, an army of gremlins. And it's fun. Wicked fun movie. There's a really cool scene where uh, the father is going to that uh, inventor convention... And you see the time machine in the background, and he's on the phone talking to Billy. And in the background, you just kind of witness it disappears, like because it goes through time. Like there are just so many cool like things that you don't notice the first time you watch it. And I have to say, Phoebe Cates deserves an award for that story she tells about her father. Oh, she does dressing Absolutely. up as Santa in this movie because holy crap. Was that a Debbie Downer moment? It really, really was. All right, so I guess we're going right to my number, number one. Going back to 1974's The Original Black Christmas. Cheers. So you did two. You did basically two of the same movie. No, because the new movie has nothing to do with the, the, the old movie. I don't know why it even was called the remake. I don't know why they didn't call Black Christmas anything else. So the original Black Christmas almost was called Silent Night, Evil Night, or Stranger in the House. Even the screenplay was called Stop Me. So the titles are kind yeah. of silly. So don't go by it off of just the title. The new Black Christmas is not a remake. No matter who says it's a remake, it's not. This movie is completely different. And like I was uh, mentioning earlier before, you know, I, I'm not really a huge fan of the calls are coming from inside the house. This might be one of those movies, but it's okay because it was 1974. But they really go out of the box here. I mean, they broach on the subject of abortion. Yep. Margot Kidder, God rest her soul. You've got Olivia Hussey as Jess Bradford, one of the earliest on record final girls. God rest his soul, John Saxon. But the movie is shot beautifully the cinematography is on point we have marion waldman as the multiple stash house mother mrs mac she is hilarious she is she was she was movie. my favorite character uh, hell yeah these broads would hump the leaning tower of pisa if they could get up there <laughs> there's so many great lines in this like you, you got barb going on a huge 
drunken rant about her being horny at the zoo. She's like, turtles love the fuck. <laughs> I'll be and happy like, if I get three minutes. <laughs> now, now, like watching this movie, like it's a little, it's a little dated. Like our children will never understand collect calls. I mean, I didn't even understand some of the phones, like the way they go into like the catacombs at the operators, like oh, I know place, and like they take it all like the. It looks like guitar chords and sticking them in a different... It's basically just like this super audio hell. I mean, I've seen that before in in old like documentaries and like, like World War II times. I'm like, Jesus Christ, the, the switches at the for the operator are just very, very complicated. Mm. But no, I, I thought this movie was awesome. Fun, fun, good times. Hell yeah. And... Uh, uh, a young John Carpenter was actually speaking with the director of this movie, and he was asking him if you ever did a sequel, like, like what would what would that look like? And he started to describe. He's like, all right, you know what I would do? I would call it Halloween, and the killer, spoiler, is in a mental institution and escapes. <laughs> and John Carpenter's like, fuck, that's a good idea. And, well, you can see where John Carpenter went with a, a movie about a, an escaped mental patient on Halloween. You know, you can see where that might go. I mean... But fuck. Inspired loosely by? <laughs> inspired heavily. <laughs> uh, that, that's awesome. I just thought that was a cool little factoid. That is pretty funny. So, yeah. Fan feedback. Yeah. So, I reached out on Facebook and Instagram... So I asked what your favorite horror movies of Christmas time were, and we had from Janet Wamsley, she said Krampus. One of our boys from over the pond, Dave Green, said Gremlins and Krampus. So Krampus is definitely getting a lot of love. Yeah, I also put it out there on uh, Twitter. Got a few suggestions. Gremlins, Jack Frost, did a poll. Gremlins won. I mean, it, it looks like people kind of like more comedy and light horror movies around Christmas, I guess. Yeah, they do. There was, there was a couple movies that I wanted to see that I didn't get to. Um, like, one of them was Santa's Sleigh, which has um, Bill Goldberg in it. Which, I I stayed away from that movie, because I'm like, dude, it's got like an old wrestler in it. This movie's got to be terrible. But apparently everybody loves it. I haven't seen it. I'll have to check it out. There's another one, actually, uh, we covered the movie Surprise. One of the actresses in that has another one called A Christmas Sleigh, which takes okay. place in, like, northern, like, uh, Scottish Highlands. I didn't get a chance to watch that one yet, but I do want to see it, just because she's a friend to us, and she has one of our t-shirts. Nice. Yeah, there's still a lot of movies I want to see, Christmas-related, but, you know, like I said, we still time. Lots of time. I'm very excited about Joe Bob saving Christmas. Yep. I can't wait to see what two movies we're going to see there. My guesses are Christmas Horror Story and Christmas Evil. But we'll see. I'm excited to... F I'm always surprised, and I'm never right with my guesses. And you're never disappointed, I bet. Never disappointed, no matter what they show. Always a good time. I agree. Yeah, so that about does it. You can check us out on Podomatic, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio... You know, most of the places where you check out your podcasts. You can also check us out. We are on Facebook, Fans of the Dead. We are on Instagram, Fans of the Dead 1. Also Twitter, at Fans of the Dead 1. Check out our YouTube channel, Fans of the Dead. We finally put up our The Gate Roast from, I don't even know how long ago, but it was a while. Leave us some feedback, fans of the dead podcast at gmail.com. Drop us a line, drop us some hate, drop us some love, whatever, man. If you want to do like a virtual high five, that's pretty stupid. But, you know, <laughs> we will high five you, I guess. I don't fucking know, know where I was going with that. <laughs> but, yeah. So, to end it for our Christmas countdown episode, I wanted to sing just a little tidbit of the end of the Christmas song. But then I noticed it wasn't public domain and we'd get in trouble. So I decided we'd go super cheesy and do some Christmas caroling. Well then. Yo, you got backup singers? Hell fucking yeah, dude. 
We're professional, man. I didn't realize that was in the budget. <clears throat> it's not. We're actually in debt now. Shit. Silent night,